0: Merrick Garland goes through his confirmation hearing for the Attorney General of the United States, and I cannot believe Obama picked this guy as a Supreme Court nominee. Uh, We got quite a bit on that. I'm not sure if we're going to get to other news, but there is so much news. Uh, Sorry I didn't get on yesterday. I've been sick, so I needed to take the day off. But this is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey! This is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Well, uh, Merrick Garland went through some hearings this week, um, basically to get uh, confirmed, and he's going to get confirmed. I, there's no question. But and. This is the only confirmation hearing that I've actually watched. And the reason I watched this confirmation hearing is because the attorney general really will give us a direction of where the Biden legal team or where Biden's policies are going to lead us down the road when it comes legally. Uh, Now, if you remember, Merrick Garland was nominated for the Supreme Court by Barack Obama in 2015 after Antonin Scalia died. Uh, a confirmation hearing and vote was never held, never taken uh, by the Senate in 2015 because the Senate was Republican and they didn't want uh, Obama, an Obama pick in the last year of the election, which, by the way, we've talked about, very common thing. Uh, Neil Gorsuch ended up being the Supreme Court uh, Justice under Trump. Now, I listened to this guy. And I thought to myself, this guy is supposed to be a Supreme Court justice? Really? Every other word was followed by an uh, which was exasperated, uh, exa- which was, um, which was brought, to lo- brought more out when he was questioned by Republicans, when they gave him the hard questions. And they did give him some hard questions. So the Republicans were not gentle with this guy. But what's worse were his answers. They were very disturbing. Um, Let's take a look at some of his answers during the hearing. Here is a quote uh, of Garland responding to what he would do with trans women competing in women's sports. Now, this is something that has been really been pushed by the Biden administration, is the DOJ is not going to prevent biological men from competing against biological women. Um, And by the way, this is the least of the controversial messages that he's given. So the question came from Senator Joe Kennedy. So listen up. In my last 20 seconds, I'm gonna ask you if you agree with this statement, uh, allowing, and I'm not suggesting the answer one way or the other, I just wanna know what you believe. Allowing biological males to compete in an all-female sport deprives women of the opportunity to participate fully and fairly in sports and is fundamentally unfair to female athletes.
1: This is a very difficult societal question that you're asking here. I know what, what underlies it. I know, but you're going to be Attorney General. Well, oh, but uh, I, I may not be the one who has to make policy decisions like that, but it's not that I'm adverse to it. Look, I think every human being should be treated with dignity and respect. Um, and, I, and that's an overriding sense of my own character, but an overriding sense of what the law uh, requires. Um, um, this, the particular uh, question of how Title IX applies in schools is one, and in light of the Bostock case, which I know, I know you're very familiar with, Is something that I would have to look at um, uh, when I have a chance to do that. I've not had the chance to consider these kinds of issues in my uh, career so far. But I agree that this is a difficult question.
0: Thank you, Judge. Typical typical political answer. Um, Here's something wild and crazy. No one's arguing that people should not be treated with dignity and respect. That has nothing to do with it. The idea here is if you allow biological men to compete with biological women, the men are going to win. And we've got, it's proof after proof after proof of it actually happening. It, what Who we're not treating with dignity and respect is not the trans people, it's the girls that they have to go compete against the trans girls. And the Olympics, who have started accepting... This whole thing of boys competing against girls, we're going to see just what happens to sport when that starts happening, because you know that is coming. The other thing is, this really isn't a difficult societal question. Should men compete against women? Because those men say they are women. It's difficult because he has to keep the narrative, which is just ridiculous on the face. Here's the thing. The left complicates everything. It's to keep society off balance. The right already knows the answer because it's not complicated and science is objective, which is white supremacist again. Men are different than women, period. We are bigger, we are stronger, we are faster, period. We have more fast twitch -twitch fibers in our muscles, are, we have, uh, we don't have endurance, for example, is actually something women have more than men. So I do ultramarathons. You run an ultramarathon, women usually come closer to men the further they run. So it is not uncommon that you'll have a woman defeat a man in a hundred mile or anything over a hundred mile. But when you're talking about sprints and things like that, men are built differently. that's just the way it is. That's not insulting to women. Women are better able to handle stress. I'd say a lot of women are smarter and less reactionary and can survive childbirth. There are some good things that women can physically do that men can't. They have their advantages and we have ours but we are different. That's why men and women work together. A man and a woman get married. The man can protect the woman. The woman can give the man a child. I mean, what's the problem here? I also think it is kind of a cowardly word salad of an answer. This is a, I want to be nominated answer. If I were Joe Kennedy, I would have said, so you don't have a problem with men competing with women in high school sports. That would have been the question. Next question. Here's a question uh, by Senator Howley about whether or not illegally crossing the border is a crime. Listen to this. Talk a little bit more about the law enforcement challenges at the border, which I know a number of other members have brought up with you. Just a, a fundamental question. Do you believe that illegal
1: entry at America's border should remain a crime? about uh, that question Uh, uh, I just haven't thought about that question I I, I think uh, you know the the president has uh, made clear that we are a country of uh, with the borders and with a concern about national security Um, I don't know of a proposal to uh, decriminalize but still make it uh, unlawful to enter I just don't know the answer to that question I haven't thought about it Um, It, will you continue to prosecute unlawful crossings. Well, uh, this is again a, a question of allocation of resources. Um, um, we will uh, uh, the, uh, the department uh, will uh, you know, prevent unlawful um, uh, crossing. Um, I don't know. I you know, I, I, I have to admit, I just don't underst- know exactly what the conditions are and how this is uh, uh, done. I think if um, um, I don't know what the current program even is with respect uh, to this. Um, um, so uh, I, I assume that the answer would be yes, but I don't, I don't know what the...
0: Immigration has been a hot-button issue for at least the last 13 years. And one could even make the argument this has been a hot-button issue since the 80s, when President Reagan actually legalized amnesty, which is what Biden's doing now. By the way, Reagan's... I loved Reagan, but Reagan's amnesty program didn't work either and Biden wants to implement the same amnesty program. But anyway, so we're talking, this has been an issue now for anywhere from 15 to 40 years, and he's never thought about it? Has he been living under a rock, or is this another just-to-get-confirmed answer? Again, a kind of a cowardly answer. Do you know how Garland should have answered this? If one cross the border illegally. It is still a crime in the country to cross the border illegally. It is still a crime. So therefore, they have committed a crime. That's just a fact. It is still illegal to cross the border illegally. Therefore, by definition, it is a crime. He didn't have to get, come up with this word salad. And you can tell uh, 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 he was very nervous on that question. But you don't have to search for a right answer on that question. You just say, right now it's illegal. If they change the policy, they change the law, that's a different story. But right now it's illegal. That's all he had to say. He didn't have to say what he would do. He didn't have to say, yes, I will catch illegal aliens and I will send them back, which will be against the Biden administration policy unbelievably. But he didn't. He came up with this word salad. He sounded very nervous. He sounded very confused. Seriously, this was Obama's Supreme Court pick? So far, he's terrible. Resource allocation has nothing to do with prosecuting crimes. This was a political answer. He could have just said, Yes, I will prosecute crime. He didn't even have to say, I will prosecute illegal aliens or illegal immigrants. I will prosecute crime. That is a completely neutral answer. So his answer should have been right now, according to the law, it is a crime to cross the border illegally. And I will prosecute crime. Done. You're finished. You've satisfied everybody. Garland has no intention of doing anything on the border. The reason he said what he said was because he would be nailed with perjury if he answered like I suggested. He's not going to prosecute criminals. He's not, not going to happen. Hey, but what does uh, Merrick Garland think about misinformation? Disinformation? Not disinformation. There is a difference because the question didn't ask about disinformation. We'll talk about that in a second. Here's a question by Chris Coons about... Com- Chris Coons is so just a terrible human being. Anyway, here's a question by Chris Coons about combating misinformation. Listen.
1: I'll be serving as the chair of the subcommittee on privacy, technology, and the law in this Congress and look forward to working with Senator Sass, who will serve as ranking member, One of the core things we'll be looking at is how online misinformation uh, is contributing uh, to domestic terrorism to division here um, you've discussed your own experience with domestic terrorism cases uh, and your plan to prioritize this issue it's something uh, the fbi director has said is one of our most pressing um, threats Um, do you think the doj has a role to play in examining the role of misinformation and incitement online um, to contributing to violence um, Um, and uh, that that the DOJ has a role in working to help us develop um, reasonable solutions to this challenge? Well, uh, again, Senator, I think that uh, every opportunity the Justice Department uh, has to work with uh, members of the Senate to uh, think about how to solve problems and how to craft legislation is one that we should take. Um, I, 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 I don't have in mind particular legislation in this area. I do think that Um, An important part of the investigation of uh, violent extremist groups is following their activities uh, online and getting an idea of uh, what kind of information and misinformation um, is is uh, being put out. Um, I look forward to uh, talking more about this with you.
0: Okay, so this is important here. He'll work with the administration about restricting misinformation. Now let's discuss the difference between misinformation and disinformation. Disinformation is different. Disinformation means that somebody is flat out lying to you. The most dif- disinformation comes from foreign governments. So Russia when they Russia and China when they led these ad campaigns on Facebook and on Twitter and they actually had bots on uh, Twitter and um, Facebook, and they started bringing up things about trying to rouse up people to vote for a specific candidate. That's disinformation. That's illegal. Misinformation is just from me or you or Johnny down the street that may or may not be completely true. Misinformation is subjective. Disinformation has a purpose. So if I sit back and I say that, uh, let's say the Covington Catholic kids are all racist, that's misinformation. By the way, that's been happening. It is subjective. It's not necessarily true, but it doesn't have any inherent political purpose. When you go on... uh, When you go on... Facebook and you see something, the idea is, see something that may or may not be true or may be exaggerated or you just don't have enough information. At that point, you as an individual are supposed to go out and research this. For example, I rarely talk about anything on my podcast unless I have like two or three links and unless I get this from a source that is Uh, legitimate. Most of the time when I tell you go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com I actually have several links per story. I do that on purpose because I don't want to say something bad. I don't want to say something wrong. I want to make sure that I have the right information. What Chris Coons is talking about is opinions, information that he doesn't agree with. An example of which would be To him, misinformation. For example, if I sit there and say, well, um, a baby is a baby at conception, it's a separate human being at conception, therefore abortion should be illegal. That would be considered to Chris Coons as misinformation because he doesn't agree with me. They're not talking about limiting disinformation, which has a political ends, as information misinformation out there for political ends. They're talking about just shutting down Fox News, uh, One American News, and Newsmax. And it's not misinformation. It's just information the left does not like. With either definition, we also need to trust people to actually look up the information. They learn to know, uh, they need to learn to know whether the information is correct a lie or just inaccurate. I don't think it's the government's responsibility to figure that out. I think it's our responsibility. For example, they considered, hey, let's 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 talk about misinformation. I mean, um, Hunter Biden's laptop was considered misinformation, not disinformation, though Twitters called it disinformation. but it was actually misinformation spread that it, by the news media that said this Biden laptop is nothing this is this is russian disinformation by them calling it russian disinformation guess what that was misinformation that was a lie it wasn't true and i'll even go so far that was a that was a, the media's disinformation they said that Biden's laptop didn't exist this was russian disinformation to disinform you about what was actually happening for political means I would say what CNN was doing with Hunter Biden's laptop and what Twitter was doing with Hunter Biden's laptop, that was actually disinformation. But they won't say that. They never discuss misinformation we're getting from the mainstream legacy media. No one is talking about the lies CNN made up about George Floyd or Armand Arbery, where they said, you know, George Floyd just died because of this, uh, because a cop was on his neck when, in fact, he had enough uh, fentanyl in his system that he was probably going to OD. The the ME actually said that, or that Armand, Armand Arbery was actually not armed when he was. So that would could be considered, and I would say that's disinformation for a political end by CNN and MSNBC and CBS and ABC. But we also have to take a look, does this stuff actually work? There was a, a new there was a new chart released by skeptic.com and it was questioning what people actually believe with the media and it based it off uh, political streams, for example, very liberal, liberal, moderate, conservative, very cons- conservative. And they were saying how many people they asked, what they asked was, how many people in 2019, how many unarmed black people or men in 2019 were actually killed by police? I'll give you the answer in a few minutes. I think I already have, but in the past podcast, but. According to very liberal folks, 16% believed about 10 black people were killed. 31% believed that 100 black people, unarmed black people were killed. Uh, 31% believed about uh, 1,000 black people were killed. 14% believed 10,000 black people were killed, and 8% believed that more than 10,000 people were killed. That's incredible! You mean to tell me that um, over 50% of the population believed that over 1,000 unarmed black men were killed in 2019? But let's go all the way to the other side of the spectrum. And you can see conservatives are a little bit touchier. Forty-five, 46% believed that probably 10 black people were killed. 33.58% believed about 100 black people were killed. Uh, Unarmed black people, unarmed black men. So right off the bat, 80% believed between 10 and 100 probably were killed. I can believe that. I, I actually said it's probably between... I 10 and 100? I thought it was around 50. Okay. But of the very, and these are very conservatives, they believe that 13% were about 1,000, 2%, 3% believed 10,000, and 4% believed in 10,000, more than 10,000. So you can see, even in the very conservative that don't trust the media... You still had about twenty percent, twenty percent of very conservative folks that believed that over ten, that more than a thousand black people, unarmed black men, were actually killed. This is a disturbing, disturbing statistic. By the way, it was I believe twenty-four or twenty-five. I can't remember the exact number, but it was twenty. It was about twenty-five in 2019. I mean, for people to believe that a thousand. Unarmed black men are killed a year in 2019. That's three a day. That's insane. And people are saying 10,000. Like, these people are killing... 12 unarmed black men are being killed by police a day? This is what the liberals think. So the media is influencing through disinformation. I'm going to call it disinformation. I think the media is... Using disinformation to create a narrative. And guess what? Guess what? It is working. Especially with the people that already kind of believe what they're selling. Probably a lot of people watch only CNN. Only MSNBC. Only CBS, ABC, NBC. They don't watch any other media and they don't know anything else. So it's very disturbing uh, to see that this is probably why half our country is, is the way it is right now and why one group thinks conservatives are evil and conservative thinks the leftists are evil, though that's not really in the really something that a lot do. But yeah, you can see. And then, of course, statistically, as you go moderate to more conservative, you see that In this chart, you actually see that people really know what they're doing when they go from moderate to more conservative. Very interesting chart as skeptic. Go to www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Skeptic has an entire PDF. Um, I actually have the link, and I have the chart set up. You can look at it. It's very interesting. In this final clip, Senator Josh Howley Howley again asks if the riots over the summer some attacking federal court buildings some attacking city, state court buildings is considered domestic terror this answer is absolutely incredible and i i i, I no i'll t- i'll talk about it after you listen to the clip let me ask you about uh Assaults on federal property in places other than Washington
1: D.C., Portland, for instance, Seattle. Do you regard assaults on federal courthouses or other federal property as acts of domestic extremism, domestic terrorism? Well. Senator, my own definition, which is about the same as the statutory definition, is uh, the use of violence or threats of violence in an attempt to uh, disrupt uh, democratic processes. So an attack on a uh, uh, a courthouse while in operation, uh, trying to prevent judges from actually deciding cases that Plainly is domestic extremism, domestic terrorism. An attack simply on uh, government property at night or any other kind of uh, circumstances is a clear crime and a serious one and should be punished. I don't mean, I don't know enough of the, about the facts of the example you're talking about, but that's where I, I draw the line. One is, one is both are uh, criminal. Um, uh, but one is uh, a core attack on our democratic institutions.
0: So this that's just an incredible answer. So Antifa and BLM are not terrorist organizations because the buildings they burned down and destroyed weren't occupied because they attacked in the middle of the night. i that's, It's just vandalism. I would have asked these follow-up questions. Is it terrorism when police are in the police station at the time and the riot threatens to their safety to the point where the police have to actually abandon the building. Is throwing rocks at the police considered terrorism? Is beating the crap out of civilians considered terrorism? Is burning down businesses terrorism? And then I would have asked straight out, is Antifa a domestic terror organization? is BL, BLM, a domestic terror organization. There have been already 250 arrested in the January 6th riots. That's over half the rioters that broke into the government building. The rioters over the summer that were arrested is a fraction of that. 14K, Fourteen 14,000 were arrested out of the 15 to 25 million that rioted. Most of the summer rioters were not convicted, and they wouldn't even have fi- uh, file, um, fi- uh, charges filed against them. A bunch of them didn't even have to pay bail to get out of jail, or they had somebody else pay for their bail. I'm reading Andy Noh's book, Unmasked. Uh, I bought it because Antifa threw a fit about it, so I thought, cynically, it's probably pretty accurate. The book is very enlightening about the workings of this anarchist communist group. Though they are a fractured group, the reality is they're pretty well organized. And they do have plans. And guess what? Most of their plans actually through the internet, through Twitter and Facebook and uh, online platforms like that. You know, those online platforms that found the need to ban Donald Trump, but not the Ayatollah Khomeini of Iran. Yeah, they're actually making plans. They're funded. Now, a lot of people, oh, George Soros funds them. I don't know about that, but they are funded. They are uh, equipped. They have a uniform. For Christ's sake, they have a flag. This is an organized group of people. This could not be any more a terrorist organization. It needs to be. Black lives they have a philosophy. Black lives matter, same thing, Black lives matter has a philosophy. They have a uniform, they have a t-shirt, they have a flag. These are organized groups. Black lives matter made 90 million dollars in donations. Does that sound donations and they had to actually report it? Does that sound like Black lives matter is not organized? Merrick Garland is just another member of the Obama administration that is being selected for the Biden administration. Let's face it, we know it. Biden is just creating another Obama administration. Garland is a radical. I'm sure he's a great lawyer and a pretty good judge. But he is a politician and a leftist activist, too. Republicans want to change their ways. They should vote against his nomination, and they should all vote against his nomination, instead of it ending up 98 to 0 because that's probably how it'll end up. He is a pretty decent he is a decent judge and he's probably a good man, but I would say absolutely not. Okay, well, I'll get to the rest of the stories tomorrow because I do actually have three or four more stories. It's been a busy it's been a busy week. Uh you can uh, follow me on Parlor at Dumbasses in Politics. It's they are going to be bringing Parlor up pretty soon. Uh, you can follow me on Rumble at Dumbasses Talking Politics. Follow me on Twitter at Run and Fool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can listen to or download this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addicts, Stitcher, uh, YouTube, and Rumble. Uh, you can visit my website at www.dumbassestalkinpolitics.com to get all of the show notes and the links. Uh, I also want you to take a gander at that uh, skeptic.com article uh, and chart. They're really interesting. Have a good day. This is Gene. You've listened to Dumbasses Talkin' Politics.